Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. We're your hosts, Lauren and Adam. On this podcast, we help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of our traditional ways of thinking and have deconstructed the religious lenses we once saw the world through. From being in the CCM industry and purity culture to sex positivity and sacred sovereignty, it's been quite the ride. We bring on a wide variety of guests to hear their story and break down topics like religious trauma, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like spirituality, equality, and love. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. everyone and welcome back to the podcast today we have yama logan she is a queer woman of african descent who identifies as christian she helps lgbtq plus christians make peace with their sexuality and faith she is passionate about reuniting the queer community with a god who loves accepts and affirms them she was baptized in the seventh day Adventist tradition and ended up in a charismatic, non-denominational, hyper-grace Bible college with a master's in biblical studies. Yema, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you all for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, so, I mean, we've had a couple people now who have a seventh day Adventist background. Is, mm-hmm. is that what you were raised in? Like, born and raised were your parents involved very loosely so my grandmother was a huge person in the liberian community Mm -hmm. as a seven-day adventist so her um the testimony i grew up with uh hearing from her was that she owned a bar and she turned the bar into a church so it was from pews what was it from stools to pews Mm -hmm. was her testimony (laughs) That's so cool. Uh, so my dad, because um, this is my paternal grandmother, didn't really stick with it. And so I kind of grew up loosely like, oh, we're Christians. But then my grandma would come and visit. And it was actually sitting next to her in New Jersey, um, I think at the age of like 13, at four o'clock after school, watching John Hagee on TVN that I like got <laughs> saved. Oh, wow. Um, so, wow. <laughs> so like... It was with her. And so I committed myself, not even like with my family, um, like my um, immediate family at the time, just like the larger family were seven day Adventists. Like my dad was not interested. So it was like a loosely growing up with it. And then I got baptized in the church after getting saved. And then was that was the beginning of my my personal journey Mm -hmm. in in religion and belief um, was getting baptized in the seven day. Adventist church following the footstep of my my grandmother. That's awesome. So are you still involved with the church? No, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. She said, I'm going to step right on out of that one. I want to hear that story. (laughs) Okay, so... I read the Bible and... (laughs) (laughs) That is a helpful first step, yeah. (laughs) So it was... um, it really literally was me reading the Bible. I was baptized and saved at 17, went to college, did all the stuff um, around the age of 25, rededicated myself back to the church, back to my faith and to God. 
And it was me reading the scriptures, like one of my favorite scriptures, Ezekiel 16. In the Seventh-day Adventist church, you were not allowed to wear makeup, earrings. You couldn't eat seafood and any of that. And reading Ezekiel 16, God is talking to the children of Israel, and he's telling them that he put a nose ring on them and he put jewelry on their hand. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Okay, so if God's saying that they can wear jewelry, something's off. Mm. And so that kind of began the questioning, the deconstruction process for me with that part of it. It was very easy because... um, easy for me to understand that there was something not quite right the way that we were aligning from the way that God would speak to the children of Israel. I was very obsessed with Isaiah in the Old Testament and reading it to understand God and things were not lining up. And so I chose at that time, I was more of like a biblical literist. And so if I didn't see it in the scripture, I wasn't going to align myself with it. Yeah. Wow. So and you kind of broke up with your denomination yes, first. I did. I definitely did. Um, got introduced to the hyper grace through TVN. Okay. What does what um, hyper grace mean? Uh, it's the, the people call it hyper grace, but I think that's just God. Cause I still am of that belief, Okay, yeah. but it's just, uh, the hyper grace movement gets blamed for, I guess like it's kind of mixing with the faith mo- uh, movement as well, where it's like name it, claim it. But basically the hyper grace is that you're forgiven for all of your sin, past, present, and future. So there's no need for you to consider yourself a sinner saved by grace and still trying to earn anything from God. Your performance can stop and you can just fully walk into being a son, daughter, child, whatever, offspring of God and not need to keep rehearsing your sin with God because God is not interested. Wow. Well, that's that's really interesting. I have not heard of that as well, although you said it was non-denominational. So without right. it is it is though like that's a that's a non-denominational is a denomination is that what you're saying Yeah so like with hyper grace the hyper grace bible college like that in and of itself like is a type of like christian group so what would you call that not a denomination Yeah that's what cuz they weren't saying that they were pentecostal um, it was kind of like charismatic because there was the Holy Spirit and healings and believing in all of that kind of stuff. So they just weren't saying I'm part of a conference that I need to go to. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. other denominations have like there's a higher up and then they have, you know, offspring churches all right. over the world and all of that. Like for yeah. the like the seven day Adventist church. Right. Like we had a, a main conference and then they had you know, there are different branches throughout the world. And then all of the churches had to line up with what that church, the main church said is like corporate, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, <laughs> it's like corporate said, you can't eat this and you can't wear that. So now you can't do it. They said, please so, refrain from wearing right? uh, long pants and then just exactly. management. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so there was no management. And so they were just we're going to read the Bible and just believe what we believe the Bible is saying. I and that's you. that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you, you said you technically still like identify with that, like hyper grace faith or, um, I don't know what to call it. So uh, church <laughs> group. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the, with their, the way they read the Bible, obviously not the non, um, affirming part of it. 
Uh, but the way that they understand the purpose of Jesus is coming. Got you. And how we look at that, that it really is this idea yeah. that sin is not part of the conversation anymore. Yeah. So I'm curious, you said that you were sort of kind of Christian prior to actually committing your life to the Seventh-day Adventist church. Did, yeah. did that did that transition feel different to you? Because from the sounds of it, the Seventh-day Adventist church was kind of the the surrounding influence on your faith even before mm-hmm. you had committed yourself. I'm just, with you breaking up specifically from that, uh, denominations. Yeah. Was was there a time where Christianity was good for you prior to that? Um, haven't haven't grown up with it. Uh, since I'm from Af- uh, Africa, West Africa, Liberia, it is yeah. a Christian nation, okay. and so in all of the ways that we interact with each other, there is just an understanding that there is a God. Yeah whether there is a denomination around it or not, Mm. there is a God and there is a right and a wrong. And if you do the right thing, good things happen. If you do the bad things, bad things happen. And then at the end of your life, some way, somehow you're going to have to answer for it. Mm. So just that general understanding and then growing up with that as a, as a kid before I got saved or born again, the language, um, it was just, well, don't do that because God's watching. Mm. Yeah, right. So you had no structure to actually be able to deal with anything other than whatever community told you to do, whether it was good right. or bad. It was, it was a little bit more just do this, don't do that. But there's no yes. explanation as to why. And so that gave you a little Never bit of Never an structure. explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Never an explanation. <laughs> it's, it's because I like, told you this so. This is the water we're swimming in, so this is it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you're sexuality and your identity as a queer woman it's it, clearly it's important to you it's an important part mm-hmm. of your story um it's it's everywhere like on your socials it's something you you're very passionate about helping um yeah. lgbtq plus christians kind of restore um their their faith or relationship with god or themselves and um i love that i it's so interesting like i was so excited to speak with you because a lot of our um, maybe it's 50, 50, but I feel like you identify very strongly with your faith as a, mm-hmm. like as a Christian woman. Um, mm-hmm. and some people have kind of walked away from that identity or kind of just don't really care to embrace that, the label, but you are very like passionate about it. And, um, you boldly claim it and you even have a, mm-hmm. a book that breaks down, um, five steps to coming out to a conservative family. And I find that I mm-hmm. found that was really, um, really helpful. I didn't, pr- I haven't purchased that, but I like mm-hmm. saw the people's like, re- um, testimonials and I've seen like the different things that you have listed on your website. And it seems like it would be so, so helpful. Was that, um, was that written from a personal experience for you? It definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, my identity with the Christian label, my experience of it is different from what maybe the label says to the world, which is frustrating for me um, because it was my relationship with God that literally saved my life. Yeah. So it wasn't a relationship within the church. Mm. 
So when around the age of 25, I rededicated my life to God is because when I was 17 um, and even 13 and even in that space of teenage years, I really had a pure desire to know God. And when I started to know God, it was so exciting for me um, because I was talking to God. It wasn't like, that's why it was so easy for me to like read the Bible and be like, nah, I don't think that's what God is saying and be able to walk away from the seven day Adventist religion because I was more after knowing God for myself. And Mm -hmm. if something wasn't lining up, it wasn't lining up. There was no question about it. And I was having, in that time of getting to know God, very supernatural experiences with God with just myself in my apartment. It wasn't um, happening at church. It was me coming home and being very hungry, desiring to, to know this God and getting to see that God for myself in different areas of my life. And so when I boldly say, like, I'm Christian, I'm wanting, because that's the label people are going to understand, like, I know who God is because I've walked this experience with God. Mm. Um, And with understanding not just Jesus, but having the experience of what it means to be one with Christ Mm. and what the Christ understanding really is. Richard Ward's book, The Universe of Christ, has been really helpful for me because it has brought language to what I've experienced yeah. Um, of this oneness with God and the Christ understanding and all of that. So um, when I write the book to help people come out to their conservative family, it's from that perspective of, yes, we are queer Christians and we have done a lot of work and are still doing the work on even accepting our queer identity. Mm-hmm. But as you're stepping out and coming out to the family that may think that you're going to hell because they still think it's a real place. Yeah. Um, what does it look like to start from you being a Christian first? And what does mm-hmm. it look like to extend grace in that moment and to extend love to the people in the way that you want married back to you? But what does it look like to choose that first as you're coming to the conversation and not coming from a place of... Um, I'm a victim and my expectation right now is that they're going to hate me. They're going to walk away from me. Um, My life is going to suck because for queer people, um, when we're coming out and we are like, oh, you know, this is who I am. Our first response is to what are other people going to say? We never even give ourselves the opportunity to celebrate that for ourselves first. And so immediately you're like, what are they going to say? What am I how are they going to respond? And then you send your body into all these high cortisol stress levels and you're going and already freaking out and expecting the worst. It's just, it's a horrible experience Mm. versus I know who I am. God knows who I am. We're both celebrating it. This is freaking amazing. Me telling you is not going to make me any less whole or any less complete in who I am. Me telling you and your response is not going to take away from my celebration. I'm going to step into this. Um, in this conversation as who I believe God to be, which is love. And so I'm already coming protected because love, um, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love always protects. So my heart is already protected because I'm in the frequency of love. Mm. And so now let's have the conversation. So you said that you wrote that from your own experience. Was Mm -hmm. that an experience... Of, of your reality or is that what you or is that what you needed were you writing for you or were you writing from you 
it was uh, my reality at the time. Um, wow. I came out to, well, other people helped me do this. So with my mom, my mom and dad are not together. Um, sure. When my mother and I had this conversation, it was my friend at the time bringing it to my mom and saying like, what if your daughter was this? Mm. And so she just thought it was like a what if conversation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because my friend thought it was time to have the conversation because I live alone. I'm a grown up. Like I don't need to be (laughs) happy. Like you don't need to be in my business. But my friend said, let's see what your mom's going to say. And so she started going off in this really (laughs) harmful, like I'm, I'm her only child. And so she's just like, I don't ever want to hear her name again. It was very, very, Mm. would have been painful Mm. if I had come into the conversation with her thinking that whatever she said was going to take away from me in some way. Mm. So I proceeded proceeded because I was, you know, doing this, about to start doing this work and just told her and just said, hey, the, the way that you're responding right now, if I was a different person, would spin me into a place that I've been before, which was being very suicidal. Yeah. But I'll tell you this right now, as your only child, you need to you, you need to consider that first of uh-huh, all, like you, right. you got nobody else. Yeah. But if you truly believe that this is something that is against the will of God, I need you to pray for me and to continue to love me in it. Mm. You rejecting me and walking away isn't showing me what you say that you believe that God is love. Wow. So you can choose to love me and continue to pray for me or you can choose otherwise. You'll still be my mom, but this is not a relationship that I'm going to sacrifice my relationship with God for. Wow. So that was that. And however God worked it out, like the next day, because I was in a relationship at the time. Mm. Yeah. The next day, she was like telling me like she was like missing my girlfriend and stuff. I was like, okay. So it was supernatural. Now with my father, that was not the case. Mm. Um, So I had the conversation with her and then my younger sister ended up telling my dad uh, what was going on. And my dad, very much African patriarchy all the way, was like, you're not going to have my name, change your name. You're no longer my daughter. I disown you. (gasps) And um, I told him, this is what first he was like, you're gay. Do you want to embarrass us? And I said, first of all, (laughs) we were like measuring embarrassment in the family. We shouldn't be starting with me. But (laughs) 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 I'm very like, this is who I am. And I think this is why I, I love helping people because this type of attitude that I have, you know, people don't naturally step into that. But this right. boldness I have no is because I know clarity. who I am. Mm. Yeah, it really is from the relationship I have with God. Yeah. And so, like, I told my father, wow. I'm not changing my name. Um, I will continue to be a Logan. I love that name. Yeah. I never plan on changing it. Um, and you can choose not to be my father, but I'm not going to stop being your daughter. Wow. So, like, I'm going to love you. Jeez. And whenever you come around, like, you figure that out. And he was just, like, not trying to hear it. But it wasn't... I haven't, till this day, sat down and cried about it or mourned it in a way. And I was, like, a daddy's girl. Like, I grew up with my father. Yeah. yeah. And so having this relationship be what it is now... um because I have such a strong connection and groundedness with God, 
it's easy for me to look at my father and just say, well, he doesn't understand and that's okay. But that doesn't change me loving him. And I think that's the, that's the hard part when I walk my clients through this is to maintaining that you still get to be you. You Mm -hmm. still get to walk in love and it can be painful. You can miss people, but it doesn't have to stay that way because if we truly believe that we are Christians and we are in the image of God, like love looks like something yeah, and love feels like something and love really is the most powerful force that we have on this planet. Yeah. So how do I embody that in a conversation with people who think I'm going to help? Right. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing, um, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, we hear stories. People are a lot more willing to talk about the relationships with their parents who started this way and now they, mm-hmm. everyone came to an understanding. Everybody's all good. And it's like, you can hear the yeah. story, but you love to hear how it ends in this perfect little bow. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that you have created that perfect bow in and of itself for you. Um, and it doesn't have to include what people may think is the, the perfect result, um, especially with your father. I think that's, that's really powerful, especially because of what you, what you do and what you're passionate about and what you help others do. Um, they can look at you and be like, well, their, her story isn't, or it may look exactly like mine or it may look nothing like mine, but at least like, mm-hmm. I know like, um, somebody understands and somebody's been like where I am and can, hear my my pain but also hear and and celebrate and rejoice with me too that I'm um embracing myself and um embodying the love that I know I I am and that I deserve yeah and it just creates such a cohesive nature to like your story right like everything that you are trying to embody through helping people through breaking down their their religion or their or 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 even maintaining their religion and breaking down their ideologies that they've held themselves it, mm-hmm. it's it 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 just creates such a through line of you are in control of your space you are in control of how you interface with the world and with others and how you uh, can can bring god to them and that's that's just really neat to me that like because i feel like even somebody deconstructing and having and having uh, relationship issues with their family through through that kind of uh divorce from the ideologies that they grew up in i i that that same message carries through and that's uh, that's just really neat to me it's uh, i'm so used to seeing such um people holding such dichotomies in their mind that really don't um mesh up and it's just neat to see such such consistency there. That's that's great. You also have an hour long free webinar <laughs> um, that I found on your website titled Five Proven Ways to Make Sure Your Teen Daughter Makes the Right Choices for Her Body Without mm-hmm. Pushing Her Further Away, Even If You Quote Unquote Messed Up When You Were Her Age. And mm-hmm. you know why I love that? <laughs> because my super conservative Christian mom I can see her Googling exactly that whole phrase. Um, (laughs) And I think she did back in the day. And I, you know, my life would have been so radically different if she Mm -hmm. had gleaned from your wisdom and perspective and not, you know, just the true love weights and modesty or purity culture and 
Um, so I love that you have that available to people and that you are just a phone call away for, um, other Christian parents who are just Mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing. Um, again, I, whenever I was like looking at your website and just all the resources, I just was so amazed because there are so many people now who are a part of this deconstructing world (laughs) and have a lot to say. And we all, you know, have our different interpretations uh, of how we're demystifying words or Mm -hmm. um, traditions and things like that. But, you know, it's, it's harder to find things that are still very much Christian based that are kind of restorative. Um, and that's what you do. And that's what I've seen all over your website. I, I read, um, I actually wrote it down because I thought it was, I just really liked the way you said it. Um, I said, you said most parents struggle with talking to their teens about sex. I have created a Christian based game plan that makes it easy for them to know exactly what to say and when, so they are a hundred percent certain their teens are making smart, godly decisions about sex. And again, I'm just like, I'm so thankful for your work because mm-hmm. we can talk all day about the damage of purity culture. We can, we can, we can tear apart words and systems all day, mm-hmm. but perhaps there needs to be something there to a, a game plan. Like you said, to replace the previous lessons that we've all had and we've all been taught, um, especially if you grew up in a, in a, in the Christian faith as you're the only mm-hmm. true like sex ed that some people get is true love weights and purity culture, um, messages. So I, I just love that there's something there, a resource there that you've provided that gives people the option to have an embodied base embodied and, and whole, um, sex ed for yeah. Christian parents. When did you realize that your calling was not just to break down what doesn't work, but like formulate <laughs> like what does? Well, see now, I don't know where that was found. It shouldn't be on the website anymore. But oh, that's where <laughs> it was. I found it. I don't know. I'm a, I'm an Enneagram you five. You me a link so I can go ahead and fix that. I'm researching um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I actually started. Um, okay. Now, if you, your audience listening and they want that service, I, I, I will definitely honor that. Um, but when I left my corporate Christian evangelical work that I was doing, that was the first, uh, coaching I stepped into was okay. to help Christian moms, yeah. um, have this conversation with their daughters about sex that was coming more from a, who do you want them to be that versus what do you want them to do? Yeah. Um, and so how to build character around those. Cause if you build, um, help someone see who they are, it's very easy for them to line up their actions with that. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the work that I was doing with them and helping them discover where their own, you know, issues and problems and misunderstandings around their own sexuality and how that was affecting the way that they were presenting it to their girls. Yeah. Um, and how they were even looking at their body. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, but it wasn't fully aligned with where I thought God had called me. And I was actually working with a, a coach at the time and the coach uh, was like, you're not really showing up fully for this. Like what's mm. really going on with you? And I said, I don't, I don't know. 
Um, and my coach said, if you didn't have to think about money, you didn't have to think about what other people would say, like, who would you serve? And I just started bawling, crying and just said, I just want to tell gay people that God loved them. And so that's how we transitioned, uh, into what I'm fully have fully stepped into since, uh, then. So that's, that was the beginning of it because I always felt, um, called to sexuality since college. Right. In the, in my senior year, as it normally happens, because mm. nobody actually does their major. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a, <laughs> I was a biology pre-med on my way to be uh, a surgeon. And in my senior year, I took a class on human sexuality and all these light bulbs went off. And it was just like, people can actually do this. You can like study sex. Like mm. I'm mm-hmm. all about it. And was on that track and was actually felt God tell me um, around the same age, 25, 26. A lot happened during that time. And God said, I was called to the queer community. And I said, no, because I didn't want to go tell people that they were sinners because that was my understanding at that time. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So fast forward now into phasing out me walking into what I believe is my purpose and calling now, which is what I'm doing now. It definitely took the stage of, okay, I know that I'm supposed to talk about sexuality. How do I help people talk about it um, with in a way that's going to affect, have the greatest impact on the generation coming up and even on the people? Because the, the thing about working with the Christian moms uh, I was presenting it to them as a way to help their children, but it was also really mainly for them mm-hmm. to heal the errors that they have been broken in around sexuality. Yeah, and um, so phasing phasing that out and helping people really see. Ultimately, my goal is that spirituality and sexuality are really two sides of the very same coin, mm-hmm. and the way that we have been presented sexuality as something that's very um, focused on your body and where the parts fit mm. versus sexuality being really about our desire to know each other mm. and spirituality being our desire to know God. Yeah. And so one is the horizontal, like, you know, up and down with right. God in the sky or whatever right. thing God is. And then your sexuality is really about your desire to know another person yeah. intimately. And so we're, when we're able to zoom out and see it that way, the the stigma that we carry around a lot of the conversations really are going to go away. Mm. And so for the moms, it was me helping them see that so that they could step into those conversations because they were like the clients I worked with were like freaked out. Like, I can't ever say this to my daughter. How am I going to bring it up? She hates me. <laughs> like she doesn't want to talk to me. It was like a lot going on. I fully loved it because their process in talking to their to their daughters was really about them speaking to that child within them when they realized right. that their mom didn't do it to them either. Right. And they were fearful around that and healing that with God and them saying like, you know, telling them, hey, why don't you spend some time naked by yourself mm-hmm. um, and bring God into that conversation, see how that works. Because once you get it, yeah. you helping your daughter to do it is going to be, it's going to be caught rather than taught. Right. Because you're going to work around the house differently. Right. Yeah. So, right? okay. So from your then transition out of that is mm-hmm. is it more so that you are focusing on the LGBTQ community specifically 
um, to everyone. And it's just anyone who identifies as, you know, queer umbrella of queer or is it are you still wanting to work with parents um, or is it more just like direct to like one to one? It's definitely a way it's direct right now. Um, it's funny that you said that because I was just thinking to myself the other day, I should do some classes here locally for parents since that that was a work that I started before. So maybe that's a confirmation. Um, but right now it's more direct for people who are going through that process of reconciling their faith right now. Right. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to like affirm you in that, the thought that you had just because when I was going through all of this, that just, it popped out at me, the Mm. fact that you are reaching out to, you know, that there was something that was calling out to, to the mothers. Cause like I said, Mm -hmm. when I read certain phrases, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I know how many, how old am I? Uh, 10. (laughs) Oh no. Like 15 years ago. Now, if my, my mom would have like researched, you Googled that, those phrases, Mm -hmm. and if she found you, I would have, that would have been great. (laughs) And that would have been so like, uh, kind of set my, uh, trajectory, trajectory a little bit differently. Um, Mm. and so I think, I don't know, definitely press into that with the whole parents and helping them, um, the create like a game plan for their kids, specifically their, either their, um, gender fluid or, Mm -hmm. you know, their whatever. I don't know there. I feel like Mm. there definitely is something there because parents, um, we talked to, do you know who Susan Cottrell is? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So we we had her on the podcast and absolutely love her. And she, you know, she is known for her TED Talk where she chose her daughter over the church. Yeah. And um, they have freed hearts. They have a community for parents um, mm-hmm. of of queer kids. And anyway, and I just feel like there there is definitely room for more resources. For parents, I mean, yes, for for individuals as well, of course. Um, right. But I think it it is it is much needed, um, especially as a lot of us deconstructing are in our you know twenties to 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 fifties, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. there may be more and more kids that like. There's going to be more parents who are going <laughs> to be looking for those resources I mean coming up you know what I mean like as far as if you think of like timelines of like spiritual growth and all that anyway I know I'm just kind of like brainstorming with you right now I am loving it I'm not even gonna like I'm feeling the charismatic goosebumps definitely going to because I I talked to God about it or God brought it up to me because that's usually how that works. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, that'd be interesting. And I just kind of dropped it. So definitely thank you for confirming that. And I will, I am going to look into it because that would be really amazing to be able to help impact the next generation and give them an easier way Yeah. to step into who they are. Well, exactly. it's be- so, because like, uh-huh. A lot of the people that we've even communicated with now, even within church settings that mm-hmm. we've had here in Nashville, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is there is no deconstruction for the the age below us, the, the right. generation mm. below us. There's nothing to break down. It yeah. hopefully, the, the, yeah, hopefully, and that's uh, predominantly what we're seeing is like 
they're either non-religious or they're coming from Uh a space where deconstruction has already happened. And now it's like Uh they're in this ambiguous space. And, and I know a lot of people in our lives and a lot of people that have communicated with us on our podcast, anytime we have somebody that's on, that is a parent that has deconstructed or, or is, um, has deconstructed because they were a parent. Um, Uh they've, there's been a lot of feedback and response from that because I, I just think, we want we as people and as uh, I mean com- especially coming from for me an evangelical Christian background we always want to hand something down to the next generation right. we always want to like yeah. have something to give and something to share and something to like impact yeah uh-huh. and for there to be nothing to really hand down because there's hmm. there's no that that learning that we have kind of taken in in, in our generation here right. has it's not really applicable if we're actually applying the learning that we've done. And so we can't just say all this stuff is bad. All this stuff is bad. All this stuff right. is bad because they're learning. Yeah. Like we can't just say that to 10 year olds, 11 year olds. Cause they'll be like, okay, but I didn't have the bad to begin with. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? You know? And so exactly. th- that's why, that's why, again, I feel like maybe I saw this like from your old stuff and I was like, no, this needs to keep yeah, going. It's so strange that you were able to find it because as you were talking, I was like, one hour webinar. What? I was like, no, where, how, where did she find that? God just um, revealed so, it to me. It was definitely, it's definitely uh, God aligned. Um, and I love what you're saying because it's true. They don't have the bad. They may yeah. have caught onto it in right. a little bit because it's here. Right. Um, still. And so how do you, come from a perspective that's already okay with like the whole. questions yeah. right well and then there's a church there's a progressive christian church here um that i was potentially going to move into like a like a youth group or a mm-hmm. leader kind of situation that mm-hmm. didn't end up happening but i was really excited because something i really wanted to implement was exactly that you know these kids it would be middle school and high school these kids yeah they aren't coming from all their parents are in the, you know, quote unquote, big church. And they're all, you know, talking about deconstruction and using that verbiage and breaking down what isn't and what is. And like, like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of trauma that a lot of those, the adults, quote unquote, are, Mm -hmm. are talking about and healing from, but I was excited to move into like the youth group space. Cause I would, I, it was very exciting to me to imagine, to Mm reimagine my youth group years if someone was to affirm me and my sexuality and in my questions and in my doubts and my awkwardness, like, like I think those sort of things could be that it is very exciting. And I feel like there's so much potential for the future generation. Um, so yeah. Well, Lauren, I think maybe this is something you're called to do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm very passionate about it. Let me go ahead and step into the prophetic. Yes. Uh, Come on. You're hearing I it think here. That would people. be amazing. Because uh, I think even um, I've heard something similar from Brenda Davies yeah. from God is Gray that she wants to step into this youth group sex positive teaching yeah. uh, for them. So you should put something together. That's true. Brenda, and see and where I, that goes. We, you know, I haven't talked to her specifically about this, but I'm seeing her in October and I probably were. We're probably gonna ha- sit down and oh, like yeah. maybe discuss it. I don't know. We'll see. But um, anyway, awesome. I feel like all these ideas. <laughs> all right. So tell me, is your six week online self study course on your website or no? 
It is. <laughs> <laughs> we need confirmation now. She's dug too deep. I have dug too so deep. So that's for that's definitely for the queer community. Yes. Um, direct uh, help for them, and that's for the people who are beginning, like one on one, who mm. are not comfortable with the Bible because we all go through that phase yeah. where we're just like, I'm not touching that thing. It's like a minefield, right? Um, so demystifying that for them, um, helping them to getting stages on how to hear the voice of God. And right. then um, how once you start hearing that, to start asking the hard questions mm. that you've been told that you couldn't ask. Yeah. So it's really leading them into that because that's always going to be my message mm. of relationship with the divine. Yeah. One-on-one intimacy. Because once you hear God tell you that, you're okay or that being queer is your superpower like I heard from God yeah there's literally nothing anybody can tell me yeah I'm I'm never gonna believe you that I'm going to hell yeah it's never it's just never gonna happen yeah I love Um, I love that that's so yeah I I really uh, resonate with that energy um and it's hard to explain to other people that you have like such confidence that like you're not going to hell. And like, even when you're talking about your dad and like that whole situation, I was like, I don't know. I've, I've definitely resonate with the, the just knowing there's like an inner knowing and it's your relationship with God. And I also, I feel the same way. And I've always, God has always been like a within um, Uh presence for me. So it's always felt near and it's never felt away from me. As long as I'm like living, like God is with me. Like that's like the kind of feeling I have. Um, and so I, I love that you are unapologetic about that mm-hmm, and about who mm-hmm. you are, but not, not just about who you are, but just, um, your relationship with God and knowing how much you are, you are absolutely loved. Like you're like, there's absolutely nothing you can say and nothing yeah. you can do to make me believe anything different. And I think that's just so, so beautiful. And what, what so many people need to hear and especially when Mm -hmm. they're first like even deconstructing or if they're starting to want to gain confidence in who they are um have you have you heard people express to you like the same fears that they're scared to even open the the can of worms because they're Mm -hmm. they're 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 scared that they'll lose everything that they'll even lose their christian faith Hey everyone, want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's not something that I'm unfamiliar with. Right. So when I begin asking questions, because deconstruction is a journey mm-hmm. and just even more recently with the work that I personally have been doing with understanding coming from a a African perspective, wondering um, if we were the first continent and the first people, why the Bible wasn't given to Africans and Mm. why it was a Jewish thing. Right. So breaking that down of asking God, why didn't, why weren't you talking to us? Like, Mm. what is this about? Right. Right? Like, why wouldn't we have sacred texts about you? Mm -hmm. And the fear that came for me was just like, oh my gosh, like if I start questioning this, this God that I've built this relationship 
what if this God isn't real? What if this mm. is from the Jewish construct? Mm. And so I definitely have walked through that and coming out on the other side of having had the experience right. with God. It's easier for me to fall back on that because there's no natural understanding of the things that I've experienced with God. Right. So I mm-hmm. know for sure, even if it wasn't the Christian version of God, that there is something and someone that talks to me that's with me, that does supernatural things around me all the time, that shows up. So I know that there's something there. And just an example of, um, and I share this often because it was like one of the first times I was just like, oh, God's real. Um, I had gone, traveled somewhere and bought a ring that said, I love Jesus and was like obsessed with this ring because it was like my thing. Yeah, And I lost it and I lost my ring. And it was like time for me to spend time with God. And I realized I couldn't find my ring. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to like, I turned up my whole apartment, but it turned out into like me cleaning it, trying to like find it. And so like everything was super neat. I'm like sitting down. It's time to spend time with God. But like my heart is just like, oh, I really want my ring. But I have to do this thing and spend time with God. And so like I lay out my little blanket on the ground and put my Bible, my journal, you know, the, mm-hmm. the usuals. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. Um, but like my heart is just really yearning for this ring. And I just hear the Holy Spirit say, because I'm sitting um, Indian style and the Holy Spirit says for me to like just close my legs and sit differently. And I like put my legs together and there's the ring right underneath my knee. What? So there's just, yeah, there's so many things like that (laughs) that I can share that I just know when I was going through this process, it was something for me to rest upon. Yep. That I had this in my back pocket. Like Mm -hmm. even if I find out something really weird or strange that makes me doubt the Christian God, Mm -hmm. um, there is somebody yeah. that's out here that yeah. loves me and looking out for me. Yes. That's why and the so universal okay. Christ is so important, I think. Yes. For so many people because it's like you don't have to get rid of your understanding and your the texts mm-hmm. that have explained God to you because everybody right. has texts that explain what God is to them in so many different cultures and so many different religions and mm-hmm. it doesn't disqualify any of them. Exactly. And the the beautiful thing in the process, because I'm obviously not going to say them to the at the end of it, but the thing that got me to a place of peace of reconciling the ancient cultures and this God that I've gotten to know through the Jewish culture is that God's been speaking to people all along and it has manifested in different cultures in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And so what I found that was able to rest me really was the similarities that there's a tree of life and like in yeah. all of it, yeah. there is, there is a serpent. It looks different in the Christian culture. There's a flood. It's, it's, there is a, there's so many, like, it's all the same. I know. And so for <laughs> me, it's just like, Oh, like there is a Christ or somebody some way, somehow. Yeah. And there is a God. Yeah. And in the ways that you have explained yourself to us, we have understood it differently. But if we really all got together and compared notes, it's really all the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like it's like that whole uh, adage: everything's a miracle or nothing is. It, it it's, right. If you can find the same texts in ancient secularist 
literature, right. then yes. you can either believe that it's all fake because they don't supposedly have a God that they're writing about, or mm-hmm. you can believe that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your belief system is, God will reveal itself to you. Yes. Mm. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I absolutely love that. That's I, I talk about that with my my ex- experience of God and God within and my ancestors and all that. So I just love hearing your interpretation of the your relationship with God and your experience and what has validated your relationship with God. Um, cause that's just, it's going to be so unique for, for everybody. Is this something, do you talk about, um, your, your spiritual experiences on, on your podcast as, I mean, I know you do that on your Instagram as well. Like, is it something that you try to incorporate and share on, um, queer Christian conversations? I do. I want to integrate it, excuse me, into my conversation because my understanding of this life right now that we're all experiencing is for us to be able to ascend the materialistic Mm -hmm. understanding of the world, this very 3D um, way that we experience each other because it's the, it's, uh, it's the deception Because we get stuck down here looking at each other. Mm. And so it's easy for me to be like, oh, you're gay, I'm straight, something's wrong. Again, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The judgment comes in. So my conscious mind can only see what I can see, what's in front of me and what I've been able to experience here in this realm. Mm. Right? But the goal is for us to be able to ascend that and live from that perspective downward. So instead of looking, being in the forest and looking at the trees, can we sit up higher and look at the forest? Because then I can be able to better say, it's easier for me to love you from that perspective. Because, and I, we, I just talked about this in the live today. I'm not viewing you from a flesh perspective. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing you as just like another human. Like I'm seeing you ascended as God. Yeah. And so am I going to have judgments for God, for Christ? Like it's weird to do that at that level Yeah. because you're in that frequency of love and enlightenment and all, everything's one. Yeah. So I'm a part of you. You're a part of me. I'm not going to harm you. I don't need to have a conversation about sin if I'm living ascended because mm. my, I, I'm not going to, um, the, the Bible uses this analogy of marriage being like the way Jesus sees um, the body of Christ where you're not going to harm your own flesh and I'm not going to treat you wrong. Um, but marriage is talking about union. Mm. That marriage is talking about oneness. And that only happens if you're able to ascend this materialistic world and see yourself higher than that. So I don't need to talk about not cheating on you or lying to you because you're me, I'm you. Right. If I can live ascendant. So I want to always, I tell my audience this, to always bring you up higher. Because mm. that's been the model for me in my experience and relationship with God when I've found myself struggling with a relationship with whoever, romantic or friendship, or struggling with a job or struggling with finances. Whatever it may be, the, the template has always been come up higher with me. Mm. Come up higher and look down at it and see. It's it's heal the victim and heal the victimizer. Right. 
Yeah. Because we are the same. We're, we are coming from the same spirit in the same place. Exactly. Love. Love that. Well, yes. um, how often do you put out podcasts, episodes? I do the, so the podcasts are the audio from the Instagram lives. And so those are done weekly mm-hmm. every Thursday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, so you can join me there. Perfect. And then they get put up sometime after that. <laughs> Depending on Understandable. what I have going on after. If I have clients or meetings, it depends. Um, this week's has gone up. The one about trans bodies and God and how to reconcile that. Yeah. So that's gone up um, oh, today already. So. Perfect. Yeah, it goes up after that, right? Like before the next one. Oh, okay. <laughs> to the podcast, yeah. Amazing. Um, and you just quickly uh, said that you have coaching as well. That's something like, you know, since I did just call out all the things that you didn't do to- <laughs> <laughs> today. Uh, well, not really, you know. But like, uh, so you do coaching. You do one-on-ones. Do you still do the group coaching? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm hybriding, bringing all of that together. Okay. Right now. So that's going to be um, live group coaching that I'm transitioning into. And so you'll be able to, if you want to sign up with me, work with other, I'm only keeping it um, to 10 people. So nine other people with you to have that community. So you really don't feel alone. Mm. And then I'll be coming in with the live, live coaching as well to help you with that. Amazing. Um, so that's going to be coming fully launched. Um, around fall okay perfect mm-hmm. well, but right now they can they can go get the um the six week self-study yeah um, and then that brings them into the private facebook group where i do answer questions and interact uh with clients so everybody in that group is either past clients or current clients with me or have purchased their course and then of course there's the book if you're needing some assistance with having conversations with family Amazing. Okay. Awesome. Now we know. Yes. <laughs> now we know what is out there. <laughs> and then Lauren and I are going to build the program for the moms and the dads. Absolutely. We can't leave out Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda right. And then call Brenda. It's going to be a super group. Yeah. Exactly. I <laughs> can't wait. Um, but anyway. Okay. Amazing. Well, um, thank you for being on the podcast today. This has just been really fun, like hearing from you and um, just getting to know you a little better um and yeah and everyone who has listened um make sure you do go check her out um all of the links will be posted in the about section of the episode as always and as always thank you for listening we love you and until next time bye Bye.